I'll take Mr. Baseball. I will absolutely take that. I don't know if that was was Mr. Baseball Tom Selleck. Was that uh, Bernie Mac? Which which one of those two movies was that one? That was Tom Selleck. Okay. Mr. 3000 was Bernie Mac. There you go. I knew that there were two baseball movies, Mr. Somebody, and then you had Bernie Mac and uh, Tom Selleck. But I will absolutely take it. What a great game last night. Just just an absolutely thrilling baseball game. And I, and I get it. I, I understand that baseball is not everybody's cup of tea. And I'm not going to do the soccer fan thing where I try to convince you why you should like it. That's a, that's a soccer thing that'll never... No, no, no. Here's why you need it. No, no. I don't like it. I'm sorry. No no offense. I just not for me. You don't need to try to convince me. I'm not going to try to convince you to like baseball because there's a lot of times where baseball is kind of slow. Not a lot going on. You got to kind of... Be a weirdo and like the fact, ooh, they're shading the shortstop towards the third base side. If that doesn't interest you, you're not going to like baseball in July. I get it. But that last night, damn, that was awesome. I mean, plays at the bases, home runs, strikeouts. I mean, it was just, it was just an incredible game. And here's what I want to admit that I got wrong. I worked for the Angels for a while and got to see up close – Every night, Mike Trout. And and I still believe that he's the best player in baseball. And I still believe that he is on the very, very short list of greatest players ever. Right now. I'm not even – not not the, oh, well, you know, five more years. Nah, stop. Bonk. Now. Okay, he's, he's played 10 years. And what he's done in those 10 years are stuff we've never seen anybody do before. His worst season, he finished fourth in MVP voting. That was his worst season. Okay, so put that aside. So I have always been, if you are arguing anybody other than Mike Trout, you're doing it wrong. I was wrong. Mookie Betts is in that conversation. Mookie Betts is not in the conversation of best player ever, but he absolutely is in the conversation for best player in baseball right now. Because what that dude did in the World Series, or excuse me, in the National League Championship Series, was extraordinary, and he did it without really swinging the bat all that well. He did it with his legs. I mean, and we'll get to the home run robberies here in a second. How many times did you see him get to the corner or get to the alley and turn a double into a single for the opposition? Three? At least? There's not a lot of guys that can do that. We saw the home run that he brought back from Azuna. We saw the home run last night that he brought back from Freeman. And you tell me. You tell me what you thought. When that ball left the bat, you're like, okay, that's gone. Mookie was a good what, 15, 20 feet from the wall? And you could already see it. He was lining it up. He was starting to say, all right, get my feet set. One, two, three, jump, catch. And he brought it back. That was the other one. There was the other one they caught that was over his head where he smashed into the wall that wasn't robbing a home run, probably robbed a double or a triple. And then, of course, there was the shoestring catch that he made to double Ozuna off third base and then the inning with the double play from right field. How often do you see that? Just about never. That's why he's that guy. He's going to get hot with the bat. He's going to hit home runs. He's going to drive in runs. That's Mookie hitting, that's the part that he just, yeah, of course. But it's all those other things he does that are just extraordinary. And getting to see him every night, and by the way, I'll tell you this too, that DirecTV and uh, Spectrum finally got on the same page and put their Dodgers on TV, because uh, I'm a DirecTV customer, have been for forever, but I got to see the Dodgers every night this year. So they played 60 games. I probably watched, I don't know, 50 of them, 52 He's one of those guys, if you watch him every night, if you watch him in this series, you kind of get it, but if you watch him every night, there is, there's just nobody other than Mike Trout like this dude in baseball. It's pretty amazing. When you're talking about the, the, the stealing of the home run, when it went off Freddie Freeman's bat, 
I thought, oh, geez, that's gone. But then when they changed the, the shot to, to Mookie where he was running back, at that point, I have complete trust that he's going to go up and he's going to grab that ball. Yeah. Like, there was no thought otherwise. I was like, oh, he's got it. He's got it. He just knows where to be at all times. The athleticism is out of control. And you know what else I love too, Greg? And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. What I loved, and this was uh, after he robbed Ozuna of the home run, the emotion that came pouring out of that guy where you could see it was a blank, yeah, let's blank and go, and fired up and pumping his fists. Dodgers need that, man. The Dodgers have been heavy favorites for years now. And with that comes the, the the weight of expectations. With that comes pressure. With that comes that if we don't get this done, it happened again. And Mookie has brought life to those guys. He's an incredibly passionate ball player. And just that fire. You saw Bellinger strutting up the first baseline. You saw him run up in the outfield after Mookie made that catch. And they do the little in-the-air chest bump. Those guys are bouncing around. The Dodgers didn't do that prior to him getting here. No, and that's and that's what a superstar has to do for your team, right? LeBron James does it for the Lakers where he where he shows you what he can do. He proves it to you every single night. He's like, "All right, if I'm going to do it, I expect you guys to do it too." And Mookie Betts is doing that exact same thing. He's going out and he's showing what he can do offensively and defensively night after night after night and it's just spreading out throughout the entire team. All right, I want to get some of these phone calls coming up here in just a little bit. 877-710-ESPN. How about this for just some random weirdness? The entire sports universe is really running through two cities right now. It's running through Los Angeles and Tampa. It's running through Los Angeles because the Lakers already have a championship in their back pocket. It's running through Tampa because the Tampa Bay Lightning already have a Stanley Cup in their back pocket. The Dodgers and the Rays are playing each other in the World Series. So one of those two teams is going to have a second championship, go two for two, right? Then, of course, you've got the Bucks, who look really good. You've got the Rams, who are off to a very good start. They play each other later in this year. And, oh, by the way, that could have some really important ramifications because if either or both of them are not winning that division, and that's possible for both of them, that could be a seeding game. The Super Bowl is in Tampa. It's just weird how everything, all the major sports, all four major sports, Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL, have all run through those two cities. They've got the two champs. They're going to get three for three. The only one that's up in the air is the Super Bowl. That's it. Everything else has lined up perfectly. So the question moving forward is, what do you do with Urias now? Is he in your rotation? Do you use him as your long guy, because let's be honest, at some point between Kershaw, Bueller, and the May Gonsolin tandem that we're running out there, one of those two things is not going to go well. Somebody's going to have a bad night, just the, the way that it goes. So you're going to need to go to somebody in the fourth inning. That's where Julio has been particularly useful. We saw him last night pitch the ninth inning. I know that he didn't come in as the closer, but he was the closer. In the ninth inning, you know, you're talking about a nip and tuck game. You're talking about a one run game. And he absolutely just boom, boom, boom. I've been asking this question going all the way back to the wild card round, going all the way back to the end of the regular season. Who gets the last three outs in a one run game? Julio did last night. Do you use him in that role moving forward? Or was that just circumstances like we talked about earlier with Dave Roberts saying, I ain't touching anything right now. This thing's working. Let's let it roll. 
But that's that, I think when we're talking about the pitching, that's the most complicated question that Dave Roberts has moving forward is, what do you do with Julio? Do you use him as a starter and then maybe a bullpen guy? Or do you use him exclusively as a bullpen guy instead of maybe getting two out of seven games? Do you use him three and maybe push it and try to get four out of him? I, I think that's so tough to do. I especially with what you're having here because you don't know what you're going to get out of May and Gonsolin as as your third starter. I think Julio has shown that he is the third starter and you can kind of use him and he proved look, it was just a couple nights ago that he pitched uh what was it? 5-6 innings mm-hmm. to get a win. 5 yeah, five innings to get a win and then he came in and he was the closer at the same time. He can do both, but you have to use him as as a guy, as a starter, to make sure you get that game. Because as much as we talk about Kershaw falling apart in, in the postseason, Julio Urias is not falling apart. No. He, he is proving he what he scared. can be. Yeah, he's a little scary, he, right? He's not scared. No. I've said this a thousand times. That's what I want more than anything. What I want more than anything is somebody that isn't afraid to blow it. Because, look— you're going to blow it every once in a while. That's just the way that it goes. You're going to have a bad night. It's the fear of blowing it that leads you to having nothing but bad nights. And I don't want to put this on Clayton Kershaw, but it, you just get the sense that there's this impending doom every time he gets into the late innings. And I, I can't be the only one that feels that. That has to be a feeling that's in the ballpark. That has to be a feeling that's in the dugout. That has to be a feeling that's in Clayton Kershaw's head where – all right, is it going to happen again? And the second you start thinking, is it going to happen again, guess what happens? Bam! It happens again. Yeah, now look, there. I, I agree with that, that part about Kershaw, but there's two guys that you trust starter-wise with the Dodgers, right? Mm-hmm. I trust Walker Bueller mm-hmm. implicitly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I think that he can't do, and he's the biggest game pitcher that we have. He's their guy. He is their ace. Yep. It's not even close. Agreed. The other guy is Julio Urias. Mm-hmm. So if you start, if you go with, if you go 2-3, with Bueller and Urias, and then move them back, and you get six, seven with Hul- with Bueller and Urias again. Look at that; that's four wins. The, the the wrinkle, though, Greg, is is Bueller ready to go by then? Because the with the blister, you just you just don't know. They haven't really extended the last game he pitched. We went over hundred pitches, right? That's the first time we've really seen them run him out. I don't. We haven't seen anything or heard anything about his finger, but you got to think that that's a, a a concern. I thought he was. I, it is a concern, but I thought he was fantastic in Game Six and. With this, because there are days off between mm-hmm. between game two and game six, yep. he would have time off and on regular rest. And to have Julio be three and seven, look what you got there now. You got two guys that you believe can go six, seven innings. I love Julio's composure at the end. I think I want him at the end more than I want him at the beginning because I think you have better options at the beginning. Not better than Julio, but you have. Let me let me rephrase. You have more options at the beginning. The difference between Tony Gonsolin and Julio at the beginning, Julio's probably a better pick, but it's not a huge deal. At the end, it's a huge deal. I think you get more value for him the later you go into the games. Let's try a quick phone call here. East L.A. this time, and Ralph. Ralph, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up, Ralph? Hey, what's up, man? I just want to give my take on Mookie Betts on uh, being a head of the player, man. There's a, a play, I forget what game, what game it was, uh, where he gets in the pickle and he gets in the pickle long enough to get uh, turned on to second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great play. Uh, something like the the Braves tried to do, but it didn't really work out for them. But uh, it was a hell of a play, and I, I believe Mookie's uh, here for a long time, and he's here to stay, and he's going to be an all-star here in L.A. Oh, he's going to do more than that. He, he already is here for a long time. They already gave him $400 million, so he's not going anywhere. That's good news. He's, he's not going anywhere. He's going to make the all-star team – Pretty much every year moving forward. I think, let's set an over-under. 
How many MVPs you know, go, do you think Mookie go, Betts wins in a Dodger uniform? If I said it at one and a half, are you going over or under? Uh, going over. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick. That that that's how yeah. good of a player he is. Hey man, and you know what? Uh, LA got another, another thing to look forward to, man. The Clippers broke my heart, man, and the Dodgers yeah. are making it up right now. They didn't break mine. Sorry, Ralph. I'm fine. <laughs> All, right, <brother. laughs> All right, thanks for the phone call. You one, <laughs> Appreciate it. You too. Yeah. No, he brought up a good point about the rundown that Mookie got caught in. He executed that play perfectly, and the Braves choked on it. That look. This is, if you like baseball, those are the plays that really get you going because that's a play that if you understand what happens, you realize Mookie got them a run, and if you understand what happened, the Braves ran themselves out of a big inning. They got one run when they should have had probably three at least, and they got one, and the game turned, in my estimation, on that base running mistake right there. All right, Cody Bellinger with the big home run in the seventh inning last night. Does it stop there? Does it roll into the World Series? That's coming up next on 710 ESPN. Dodgers into the World Series for the third time in four years, and hopefully this is the time that they cash it in. Greg, very quickly, I've had this conversation uh, with some buddies over the weekend. Better or worse that the Dodgers are not going to play the Astros in the World Series? It's absolutely better. I want no part of the Astros being legitimized in any sense whatsoever. Thank you. That's the right answer, because had you said the other thing, I think our relationship would have come to an end on the spot. <laughs> it's over. Uh, you no, know, look, the Astros, get ready, roll the tape, because this is the only time in my life you're going to hear me say this. The Astros have a bunch of good players. Okay, done. we're done. That's it. They're also cheaters, liars, and illegitimate champions. That is objectively true. That's not my opinion. That is an objectively true statement of fact, okay? There's a reason that A.J. Hinch is not working. There's a reason that Jeff Luno is not working. There's a reason that Alex Cora is not working. There's a reason that Carlos Beltran got fired from the Mets as their manager, okay? The reason is, is that Major League Baseball proved that they cheated. And a lot of the guys that were in Houston said, yeah, it happened. The guys that were gone. The guys that are still there... Altuve, Bregman, Correa, they've all gone heel. They've all turned wrestling heel. Like, they're kind of leaning into it. And there is no universe that exists where those guys getting into the World Series and having the Dodgers knock them out makes it better. The, the trophy should have been thrown in the garbage. I'm not here to tell you that the Dodgers should have gotten it, because they shouldn't. The Yankees have just as much of a claim to that as the Dodgers do. Maybe the Yankees beat the maybe the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the world. We'll never know because the Astros cheated. So I'm not saying give it to the Dodgers. I don't want a, a retroactive championship. It's a hunk of metal. What I'm saying is throw it away, strip it. It never happened. You don't get to call yourselves World Series champions, especially in Houston where they've never won a World Series before. Throw it away. So yes, I agree with you that that needs to go away. Here's another one. 877-710-ESPN if you want to get in and talk about this as well. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I wouldn't be surprised if Cody Bellinger went crazy in the World Series. Just totally agree with you. went off. That that home run doesn't free him up because... Prior to the home run, he'd been great with the glove. We've seen him do some really good things with the glove. We'd seen him get on base, being patient, getting some walks here and there, which is which is good. It's not without value, but 
Cody Bellinger is a 40-plus home run guy. He's a former MVP. I'm not paying him to set the table. I'm paying him to clear the table. And he did last night. He hit that home run in the seventh inning. And you just wonder if that isn't one of those (sighs) moments where he can just kind of let it go now. Now, I did it. I can do it. I've done it before. Here it comes again. I wouldn't be surprised if you go into the World Series and that dude is screaming hot. Yeah, and think about the rest of his at-bats in that in that game as well. He was patient. He was waiting for his pitch. He wasn't swinging wildly at every single thing he saw. So you saw two walks from him and the gigantic home run, plus that gigantic home run had eight pitches attached to it too, Mm -hmm. where he he was protecting the plate and he was making good contact, but just waiting for his pitch. That's a totally different type of Cody than we've seen most of this year. And you said you watched a ton of their games this year. He looked terrible for the most part at the plate. He had a bad year. I mean, let's just call it what it was. He, He had a bad year year offensively now his bad year is okay by other people's standards but coming off of an MVP season where would he hit 45 home runs something like that and was just I mean he was a nightmare every time he came up you were ready for him to do something like that he was not that guy I think his slugging percentage or maybe it was his OPS fell off by more than 200 points I mean it, it, it dropped off a cliff it could be a so what okay you know it's baseball sometimes you know not everybody is Mike Trout where every year you just put up the same bonkers numbers year after year after year sometimes there is a little bit of an ebb and flow maybe he's that guy but it doesn't matter if it's ebbing at this point as long as it's flowing in the world series i mean that home run he hit could free you up i I don't know how many people out there play golf or whatever it is but all of a sudden you hit one good shot and you start to feel better if you pick a basketball player you miss 10 shots in a row you make one three it's like i'm back i'm making I, i i i can make these shots now same thing here he's that dude I think that what's interesting about it, too, is that if he's going well and they've moved him down to the sixth spot because of how leave poorly he's playing. Yeah, leave him there is absolutely right. But if you haven't, so if you have Cody Bellinger actually swinging the bat well in the sixth spot, then all of a sudden your lineup is just completely dangerous top to bottom with Will Smith hitting the ball well, Mookie and Cody and Corey Seager at the top. I mean, J- Justin Turner is one of the best Dodger hitters in the postseason of all time. Yep. There's there's no letting up at anywhere in this lineup, and even Austin Barnes when he gets in is is starting to get some hits. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be an Atlanta pitcher, San Diego pitcher, Milwaukee, and soon to be Tampa pitcher, and think, okay, I got to get through Mookie to start the game, MVP. I got to get through Seager next. Just won the NLCS MVP, multiple time All Star, and we'll get to him in a second because I know you and I, Greg, are the chairmen's of the Corey Seager fan club. Okay, now I got to get through Justin Turner, who's about as professional a guy as you're going to see. I got to get through Max Muncie, who almost never swings at a bad pitch. I got to get through Pollock, who's an all-star, or Peterson, whoever they have in that spot, also an all-star. I got to get through Bellinger, who won the MVP last year. That dude's batting sixth. And oh, by the way, here comes Will Smith, batting seventh, who won a game with a home run, tied a game with another big hit. Chris Taylor, wait, that, that dude's batting ninth, and Kike Hernandez might. I mean, there is no soft spot. When you're watching the games against Atlanta, Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, you can take a deep breath. Ozzy Albies isn't scary. Dansby Swanson isn't scary. Every damn dude in Dodger Blue is terrifying. That is, it, the, the, the pressure it puts on your pitching staff, it, it's almost impossible to explain where if you throw a bad pitch, all nine of these guys can take you down. All nine of them. If you throw a bad pitch to, 
Ozzy Albies, eh, if he's right-handed, maybe he'll get you. But not if he's on the left side, you're not gonna. He might get a hit, but he's not gonna hit the ball over the fence. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Let's go to our Dr Pepper Twitter feed. How about this one? This is from Michael. It says, "I agree. Alex Rodriguez was dead wrong. The window is only closing for Kershaw." Yes and no. I, I I agree with you that the window is is not closing for the Dodgers collectively. Just all the names that we just mentioned: Corey Seager, Young, Will Smith, Young, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Young, Young. Their pitching staff: May, Gonsolin, uh, Julio. All young. I mean, they're just absolutely loaded. The the window is not closing. Some of their older players, like Clayton Kershaw, it's narrower, but it's not closed. Look, let's be honest. I get it. Clayton Kershaw had another mediocre outing in the playoffs, and I think that's a fair assessment of it. It wasn't terrible, and it wasn't great. It was mediocre. If Clayton Kershaw, at this point in his career, is the third best pitcher on your team, you're a pretty damn good team. If Clayton Kershaw is the guy that you're hoping to sneak through the rotation, that's pretty damn good. Clayton Kershaw would still be the ace. How many teams are there in Major League Baseball? 30? Clayton Kershaw would be the ace on 25 of them? Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, there, there are some guys out there, whether it's Strasburg or, or you know, some of these guys, you know, maybe Blake Snell, one of the, that we're going to see in the World Series. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a few. Garrett Cole, for sure. There, there's a few. Not a ton. Just that the Dodgers happen to have one, too, in Bueller. You don't get a ton of that. You don't get that many options. Kenley Jansen's a different story. I, I, I feel bad even saying it out loud because I love that guy. I used to see him at Laker games when I was doing Laker pre and post all the time. And he was a fun guy. He was great interacting with the fans. He always seemed to be enjoying himself. I saw him at a bunch of Rams games, too. Same deal. People see him, they just freak out because everybody loves Kenley. So I don't want to say anything bad about him. I really don't want to see him pitch a ton in the late innings of close games. I just don't. And, and Greg, you said it a minute ago. He's going to have to pitch at least once, maybe more than once, in a high leverage situation in the postseason. But I'm just crossing my fingers and closing my eyes and hope to get through it. Yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't get too deep, you have to have somebody ready. If you're going to put Kenley Jansen in, even if it's a late-inning situation, you have to have somebody ready to go in the bullpen already. Because as soon as it starts going wrong, you got to pull him. And Dave Roberts has been really good, actually, about that, pulling guys at the right time recently. Have somebody behind him ready to go. As a wonderfully mediocre college pitcher, there was nothing that said, I have no faith in you more than the second I'd come into the game, they already had somebody warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> it's true. It's just, it is the most demoralizing thing in the world. Like, all right, dude, uh, go ahead, but just understand that he's ready in the second you stub your toe. Look, if this was if this is their first time in the World Series, maybe I'd understand that. But I, after what you've done, Kenley, you need somebody behind you. Greg, notice what I didn't say. Right. I didn't say you were wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, just, I just said it sucks. Right. <laughs> There's a difference. Things can, two things can be true at the same time. It can suck, and you can also be right in that factor. All right, eight seven 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 ten ESPN. We'll take more of your phone calls. Plus, we're going to talk with Jorge Castillo from the LA Times. He, of course, is on that Dodger beat. That's all coming up next on seven ten ESPN. The Dodgers are getting ready for their third World Series in four seasons. Of course, looking for that first championship since 1988. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, which includes Jorge Castillo, who joins us right now. Of course, he's on the Dodger beat for the LA Times. Jorge, good morning. How are you? 
I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Let's start with this. We've been talking about this this morning. Going into the World Series, what role do you think Dave Roberts is going to use Julio Urias in going forward? Because we saw him you know, be the middle guy last night, be the closer last night. We've seen him get starts in Game 3. How do you think he's going to get used in the series? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's a little – to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. Um, you know, obviously he, he won't be pitching for a few days here. The, the one thing that changes with this World Series is there's going to be a, two days off, just two scheduled days off. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one will be after Game 2 on Thursday. So, you know, the Dodgers still need to – you still need to take down innings. So I think Julio, you know, ideally for the Dodgers, you know, if, if he gives you six innings in Game, you know, three or four – um, that's better than two innings here and there. So I, I still think he'd start a game here in this series, um, and then they can go back to him in a, in a relief role later on and, you know, later in the series like they did in, in, in the NLCS where they went up with, with him last night to close it out. So I still think first, like primarily, you know, at least at first, um, they'll want him to start or at least take down the bulk of innings after an opener. Obviously, he's saying all the right things, and he pitched well in the two outings that he had in game five and six, but where is Dave Roberts with Kenley Jansen? Well, I think what, what Kenley's role is going to be, he's going to pitch, you know, I, I just don't see them going to him when, you know, the middle of the order or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the other night when he looked great, um, when he struck out the side, you know, they went with him. It was the bottom of the Braves' order. It wasn't the top of the Braves' order. It wasn't the middle of the Braves' order. I think they're going to be very cognizant of the fact that he hasn't been too reliable. He hasn't been consistently reliable over the last month. So, um, obviously, it was a great sign that he, you know, he's looked the way he's looked the last two outings. I just don't see them going to him in the biggest spots, you know, in the ninth inning. Um, but I think they will go to him more often. You know, in in bigger spots, but not not the biggest spots. You know, he's not going to go in a game when it's fifteen to one in the sixth inning, like he did in Game Three. Jorge Castillo joining us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. He covers the Dodgers for the LA Times. Cody Bellinger, the go ahead to ultimately the game winning home run there in the seventh inning. Could could that free him up moving forward? That he really had not swung the bat great. Maybe it was a little bit better than we've seen previously during the regular season, but still not getting on base a ton. Could that free him up? Could he have a big World Series? Yeah, he definitely can. He has the talent. Um, you know, as a guy who we saw the first two months of 2019, first three months, you know, was the best player in the world. You know, he was, that's why he won the MVP. He, he rolled those first three months to, end, to, to be an MVP. Now, he's, he's impacted the game in other ways, most notably defensively. Um, so it's not like he hasn't contributed anything um, to the team. He, a couple triples, you know, he's, he's hit a few home runs. Um, but I think, yeah, it's important for him to get, get rolling here against, you know, against a raised you know, team that has a ton of pitching, not just starting pitching. They have a lot of guys these guys have not seen um, and a lot of guys you haven't seen who are really, really, really good. Um, so that's going to be a challenge. And, you know, Bellinger has, has had a lot of trouble with velocity, with fastballs um, inside, up and in. And the, the Rays are going to try to exploit that because they have a ton of guys who throw hard. So it's going to be tough on, on, on Bellinger. You know, but maybe he can, uh, you, know, ride the, you know, ride the wave here and, and turn this into a good World Series. You know, you talk about riding the wave, that Corey Seager rode a wave the entire regular season. He's ridden it throughout the entire postseason. I mean, he's he's a great player. He's a multiple-time All-Star and, and certainly one of the Dodgers that can, can make a difference. But have you ever seen him locked in like this for this long? No, no. He's a, he's the best hitter the Dodgers have. Um, he hits everything lefty-righty, hard, soft. He's the best hitter they have. Um, you know, him in the two-hole – that, that really changed the offense when they put him to a, once they realized that, hey, this guy is back to what he was, better, better than what he was 
you know, a few years ago when he was the you know, all-star and, and rookie of the year and all that stuff. Um, he, he, he's been tremendous. Like I said, he's, he does, he hits everything. He's not a guy who can only hit righty or, you know, or only hit hard stuff. He does everything. Uh, he's been the guy really that's fueled this offense. Uh, I think him and Will Smith, really. Will Smith's been great as well. So, um, Seager, he's done, he's, he's played a good shortstop, but he's there for his bat and he's been, you know, this, this side of, uh, Randy Azarena, he's the best hitter in the, in the postseason. Yeah, I was going to say, Rosarena is just out of his mind. Is is he that guy, or is he the guy that is smoking hot, who, if I asked you five years from now, hey, who is that guy from the Rays that nobody could get out for two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I, my answer, you know, usually I'd probably say he's just smoking hot, but the problem is the Rays traded for him. So when a, when a team like the Rays trades for him, I assume that, that, that they knew what they were doing. Because the Rays are a smart, smart, smart team. That's why they're in the World Series with, with the budget that they have. Um, they saw... What Alzarena had with the in the Cardinals organization, he was briefly with the Cardinals last year, you know, and they pulled off this trade, trading a you know a top prospect, top pitching prospect for Alzarena and, and Jose Martinez, and you know when the Rays pull off something like that, it's kind of like when you when like the Patriots make a trade or something like that, <laughs> or, the, even the, or even the Dodgers, you're like, yeah, you know, something's up here. Yeah, if you know? if, if Jerry West uh, calls, so hang up the phone. Yeah, exactly. So like some, something came, you know, something's up here, and and, and lo and behold, and. Alzarena's like kind of popped off here in the postseason. Jorge Castillo is joining us here. We're talking Dodgers and Rays in the World Series. The injury that Bellinger had last night with the forearm bash that he had with Kike Hernandez, I mean, is that something that happens to him periodically or is that something to be worried about? Actually, yeah, it does happen. Um, last year, I'm not sure if you guys remember, I think the latest instance last year, he popped the shoulder, diving for a ball at first base, I think it was. Or, or center field, vice versa. It was one of the, one or the other. And, um, he basically had to like kind of avoid diving and all that stuff. So, uh, it could be a problem. It's been a problem in the past. He just dislocated that shoulder multiple times. Um, obviously, you know, we've seen guys celebrate and get hurt. At least it wasn't like a torn ACL or something <laughs> with, with some other guys. Or Kenny's uh, Morales exactly. a million years ago broke yeah. his leg. Yeah, exactly. So it, it wasn't that bad, but it is something to keep an eye on, man. You, <laughs> The World Series is about to start. It's not like you have three days off. They got 24 hours to 36 hours to kind of reset and get going. Um, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I expect him to start in center field, though. He's played through this before. I just wonder if it's an impact his swing a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the only thing that went wrong last night for the Tigers. Do, do you think that maybe you said it that the World Series that's coming up that this is going to be the first off days that these guys have had in a while that these aren't just going to play every single day, but. The Rays went seven games in the ALCS. The Dodgers went seven games in the NLCS. And both of these teams have very deep, very effective bullpens. But just because of the usage that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, do you think maybe we might see some high-scoring games just because there haven't been days off? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, it's a possibility. I, just, I think the extra day off for the, for the Rays is going to be a pretty significant advantage for them. Um, you know, just having an extra because they rely on their, their bullpen so much. That bullpen is so good. You know, but if you're playing all these games, like you mentioned, you know, eventually you're going to run out of gas. Yep. Like getting an extra day for the for the for the Rays is huge. Now the Dodgers don't have you know two, two days off. They have one, so they kind of have to figure things out on the fly. Well, um, you know, game one obviously goes to Clayton Kershaw. Now game two, who's going to start? I think it's going to be Justin May because he hasn't pitched too much. But you know, Gonsolin was used a bit last night. Uh, Julio obviously. Walker Buehler went game six. Uh, they don't have a ton of options um, for game two, right? So we're already thinking like, once you once you win this, you got to flip the page, man. You got to turn the page, and you got to realize, okay, now we got to win this series against probably the best team we played all year. The Rays are definitely the best team the team's played all year, um, no doubt about it. So um, it's going to be an interesting, 
you know, kind of a fun series, a strategy back and forth. These two teams are very at the front end of analytics. Obviously, one has money, one doesn't have as much money. So it's going to be a super interesting series to watch. Jorge, do you think that the Dodgers may have a small advantage having been in this ballpark for a couple of weeks now? I mean, Mookie Betts looks like he's been out right field there for 10 years, the way he knows the angles and the walls out there. Is there any advantage there? Yeah, I think so. It's funny you mentioned Mookie because Mookie last week, I mean, I forget what game, all these games all blend together, but there was a ball down the line that he, he should have caught, but it bounced fair and it was a ground rule double. And I think the next day he's like, yeah, that was a bad play. That was my fault. I think that was game four. Um, I should have made that play. And then that night, the next three nights, he's making these crazy plays in right field. And I think that's just part of like getting accustomed to the outfield there. You know, not just the outfield, you know, this, the, where, where the wall is, you know, how, mm-hmm. how much time, how many steps it takes to get to the wall, you know, the, the, ba- the, the lighting, the background, you know, the backdrop, all that stuff. I think that matters. You know, this team's played, I think it's already 13 games here at Globe Life Field between the regular season and the postseason. That matters. They know how things bounce. They know, you know how the ball travels. You know, the Rays, have, I'm going to get here today. They might have a workout today, um, but they won't have much time to figure it out. So the Dodgers, I think, do have an advantage. Now, whether, that, whether you know, by game three, I think maybe game one or game two, games one and two, maybe that, that might matter. But I don't know about game three if it does, but it's an advantage at least up front. Jorge Castillo from the LA Times joining us here, getting you ready for the Dodgers and the Rays in the World Series. And last one before I let you go, Jorge, you mentioned his name a minute ago. Dustin May, maybe is that game uh, two starter. W- was this the plan for him coming into the postseason to kind of have him in this hybrid role that start here and there, but only go a couple of innings, come out of the bullpen, but only go a couple of innings? Was this the plan, or is this just the residue of the situations? Yeah, well, I don't think the plan. I mean, the plan was initially to have him go in the bullpen because they, they initially in the series had him go in the bullpen. But the plan wasn't, you know, a game. I think it was game four when he started. I think it was game four, yeah, or game five. When he only went, you know, a couple of innings, that mm-hmm. was not the plan. He was supposed to go deeper into the game. That was the game A.J. Minter, you know, the, the Braves went into the game saying, this is a bullpen game. We just want one inning from A.J. Minter. Then A.J. Minter, those three innings, we have the one hit, strikes out seven. The plan wasn't for Dustin May to leave the game before A.J. Minter. Um, you know, the plan obviously was yesterday for, for, for May to throw an inning. And, you know, after that, the bullpen take over. But I, I think May needs to... These guys need to get innings. You know, they, they need to cover nine innings a night. And, you know, if a guy like Dustin May, if you can give him four, five, six, that's a lot better than, than him giving you two one night and mm-hmm. two, two nights later. You know, they need to take down innings um, a lot of the time. So I think Dustin May will be more, you know, if he, if he is the game two starter. I'm not saying he is. I'm just, you know, kind of like trying to figure it out, um, thinking about it this morning. Um, he seems to be the most logical, logical choice because he hasn't thrown too much compared to these other guys. So, you know, if he goes game two, if he can give him multiple innings, you know, more than you know, three, four, five, six, you know, that'd be great. The Dodgers need to take down innings. Jorge Castillo covers the Dodgers for the LA Times. Jorge, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, you got it. You need the best coverage in not just football, but on your wireless network as well. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. All right, we're going to get to all of your phone calls, plus a couple of tweets that I still want to read as well. That's all coming up on 710 ESPN. What a night last night. I mean, just (laughs) I was doing Rams pregame. Halftime, post game, at the same time the Dodgers were going on. So I'm flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth, listening to JB through my headphones, watching the Dodgers on TV, kind of doing both things. And when they fell behind two to nothing, when Dustin May walked the world in that first thing, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. 
I'm not going to get to the end of the line. I'm, I'm going to die. I have to do a whole bunch of radio here. This is not going to happen. It was just uh, an incredibly exciting night. We know that Kike got that big home run. We know that um, Cody Bellinger, of course, had that big home run. I want to talk about somebody that didn't necessarily have a huge night last night, but was just fantastic all series long, fantastic throughout the entire postseason, fantastic throughout the entire regular season. And it just goes back to a conversation from a couple of years ago that I would hear, we want to bang my head on the desk. Should we keep Manny Machado and, and let Corey Seager? What? Are you insane? Do you know anything? Look, Manny Machado is a really good player, a really good player. The, the difference between Manny Machado and Corey Seager, there isn't any. The, Machado might hit a few more home runs. He, okay, all right. The defense, eh, wash. Maybe Machado's a slight edge. Corey Seager, you just heard Jorge Castillo say it. He's their best hitter right now. Against left-handed pitching, doesn't matter. Against right-handed pitching, doesn't matter. Guys that throw 100-mile-an-hour gas, doesn't matter. Guys that bend it and sink it, doesn't matter. And you put him out there at shortstop, and he just plays at a high level every single night. I, you, When I was on with Keyshawn and LZ, before that, every show I've been on on this, I've been telling you, look, Corey Seager might not be the best player on the team. Right now, that's Mookie Betts. Corey Seager might not have an MVP like Cody Bellinger. Corey Seager is the most important player on this team. When he plays like this, that team is ridiculously good. He had a air quotes bad year last year. He led the National League in doubles. Okay, so I get it. He's pretty quiet, doesn't say a whole lot, kind of unassuming. That dude is a stone cold killer. He is fantastic. He is one of the most important guys. If he keeps playing the way that he has, they're going to be in a great shape. I want to read one more tweet here. This one is from Frank. It says, Trav, can you explain why Taylor breaking the home in the sixth inning was the right play? My buddy says it was the wrong call. Yeah, here's the thing. You make that call before the play happens. It's a contact play. Okay? And so what you're doing is you're telling Chris Taylor in this case, anything on the ground, we're gone. At contact, we're gone. Because if it's in the air, you have plenty of time to get back and tag up or just get back if it's not deep enough. You are going, if the ball's hit back to the pitcher, it's an easy out. If it's hit anywhere else, it's not an easy out. And you saw it. The Albies made a nice play, got a really sweet hop. And then he made a really nice throw. Darno made a really nice block of the plate, and they barely got him. It's a contact play. It's not a, oh, should I go? Should I not go? This isn't Austin Riley, you know, panicking between second and third base and getting stuck and running to an out. This is a call that's made. Dino Ebel, the third base coach, I guarantee you said to him, hey, contact here. We're on a contact play. It's, it's a decision that gets made long before the ball's ever put in play, and it's the right play. It absolutely is the right, but it's the same thing the Braves were doing in, in their inning when they ran into the double play. Justin Turner just made a fantastic play on the ball, and then they went brain dead and ran into a second out at third base. I absolutely thought it was the right play. I, I was having a conversation with somebody last night about that. They're like, what's he doing? I'm like, no, I'm telling you, it's the right play. He's out, especially with a tie game, right? J just like the Braves who had the lead at this point, force them to make a play. Force them to get somebody out at the play. The throw has to be perfect. The catch has to be right. The tag has to be right. And everything has to go exact. Even major league players squeeze it a little bit. Even major league players, when you see that guy, when that ball's hit and here he comes, you know I got to catch it, get rid of it, throw it, catch it, tag it. It's five things that have to happen in the blink of an eye. And if any one of those five things goes wrong, he's safe. 
Braves did it right. They, 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 it was, it was a perfect execution by the Braves, and they still barely got him. Yeah, I mean, everything had to go like you're saying exactly right. Where the bouncing off the mound and going right to his sweet spot to Ozzy Albie's sweet spot, hop. and then Ozzy Albie's throws a ball that not he didn't just throw it right at at Darno. He threw it into the base path just a little bit so that Darno was able to slide over with the ball to block uh, Taylor from yep. getting there. Everything had to be right on exactly how, but it was the right play. Just didn't work out. If the Buster Posey rule weren't in place, that's one where you see Darno in the fifth row too. Oh yeah, like that, that you, go, you you go back a few years ago, and he just absolutely kills him at home plate to try to get that ball. Is I, I get why they changed that rule. It's you don't want your best players to get hurt, but that was that. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> I mean, when you know that there's going to be that massive collision at home plate, kind of fun to watch. I mean, I if if Buster Posey were a Dodger and got his leg broken, I'd want the 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 play changed as well. But yeah, that that play is a little different. No, the catcher can be a lot more comfortable knowing that who's ever coming from third base isn't looking to take their head off. That you know that they got to get down in that situation makes it slightly easier. Let's try another phone call here. Let's go to Los Angeles and Mike. Mike, you're on ESPN seven ten. What's up? Hey, Travis. Uh, I watched the. Devil uh, Rays uh, arms, and they're superior to the Braves. And I think we're going to have to play a little bit more small ball, get the runners moving and stuff like that. That being said, with Dave Roberts at the helm, do you think he'll be able to push the right buttons when it comes to the bullpen and playing small ball? And if not, do you think they'll allow him to get on the plane? And if not, can we hire Mike Socia or John Savage? Well, two guys that know how to manage a bullpen and push the right buttons. Uh, let, 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 let me address some of this, Mike. Um, whether or not he's going to manage the bullpen well, I mean, time will tell. We'll see. He's had, I thought last night, I thought he handled it perfectly. I thought that Dave Roberts did exactly the right move at exactly the right time. And I thought that the best move he made in the bullpen last night was not touching Julio. It was let him roll. I thought that was a good... Mike Sosha is a fine manager. Mike Sosha knows baseball better than me or 99.9% of the people will ever understand. But, eh, you just... I don't, I don't know. Andrew Friedman is an analytically driven guy. The reason that Mike Sosha, or at least one of the reported reasons that Mike Sosha was kind of on the way out in, in Anaheim with the Angels years ago was because he was a little resistant to that. Now, maybe he's more open-minded to it now. I don't know. But Dave has done it. The Dodgers, the bullpen question is the right question. The rest of this, the small ball stuff, the I, I get it. I, I'm of a certain age, too, where I remember a sacrifice bunt. I remember moving a guy over. I remember all that stuff. Hit the ball to the right side to try to advance a runner. I, I, I get it. I understand it. The math tells you that those are just terrible ideas, that they don't work. You get 27 outs a game. And you need to spend those 27 outs trying to hit the ball over the outfielder's head. That's how you score runs now. It's just it, it's just a different game. I hear what you're saying, that it feels like, hey, there's nobody out. There's a runner at second base. Let's move them over. Why? Who who in the Dodger lineup do you want to see bunt? It, it, right? Kike I mean, Hernandez, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Who had a home run? Kike Hernandez, who tied the game with right. a bomb in the sixth inning. Chris Taylor, maybe? Hey, you want, you want to take the, the bat out of Max Muncy's hand? No. Mookie, Seager, no, no. Bellinger, no. JT, no. Seager, no. Will Smith, no. Who do you want to punt? Like, maybe you can make a case that there's Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor can hit. Chris Taylor has gotten big hits for the Dodgers. That's a kind of an antiquated way to go about it. Next stop, Montebello and Richard. Richard, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? 
Hey, Travis, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, I was listening to watching the game, and I seen the way um, Taylor uh, slide home. That's not the way to do it, a bang-bang pay. You got to do it the way the way Muncie did it. Feet first, knock the ball out, knock the catcher out. That's the way to do it. Hard play ba- ba- uh, baseball. That's where you do it, not sliding head first. You're right. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, sure, Richard. I, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, if we're if we're going to break down that play, the only thing I think should be done uh, differently is you go in there feet first and you go in there hard as hell. That you go in there and you just try to absolutely get as much of that plate as you can. Right? I I, I agree with you because you saw it when when Taylor's left hand was coming into the plate there and Darno dropped that shin guard on him. It was a brick wall. He wasn't going anywhere through that. But if you if that were his left foot smashing into that leg as opposed to his left hand, maybe a little bit different. Let's go to Chris and Palmdale. Chris, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up, Chris? Oh, and sweet tea. Great to hear your voice, man. Hey, brother, I just wanted to, to give you props, man. You've been calling everything with the Lakers, the Dodgers. You've been spot on, bro. Uh, good to hear your voice, man. Miss you guys in the morning. Have a great one. I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you very much. Look, I think it's very clear. I'm a genius. I mean, what else What else could it be? Now, maybe saying LeBron James is going to win the NBA championship isn't getting out on a very thin branch. I don't know. That's just me. I just I got LeBron James and Anthony Davis on my team. I'll pick that. I've got a team that's got three arms that throw 100 miles an hour and a bunch of MVPs. Eh, I'll take those guys. I, I will say this. The, the part that I didn't understand, and I put this poll up, um, everybody gave up after 3-1. I get it. They were in a big hole. The Dodgers beating anybody three times in a row, that's a stretch? They're really, really good. All right, tonight on Monday Night Football on ESPN, it's the Chargers at the Saints brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote, explore, quote, and buy all online at Progressive.com. All right, here's the good news. After every World Series game, we're going to do a post-game show. I'll be right here. I'll be taking your phone calls and your tweets. So after every game, make sure that you check in with us. Also, we're going to be doing this after each game between 9 and 11. So be there with me. We'll celebrate a championship just like we did with the Lakers.